0: This is Drom Moshe Thanks for watching. Please remember to subscribe and like this video.
1: Shalom, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Controversial Topics with me, Rabbi Yitzhak Michelson, and my holy brother, Rav Dvor. How are you Hello. tonight? Hope you're staying warm.
0: Baruch Hashem. It's, <laughs> uh, it's actually it's actually very interesting to feel those great changes in the weather it's uh, it it opens the mind to realize there is a maker who is changing the temperatures it's not a natural act of nature it's like really a supervised thing to to your to your position to your needs
1: mm, well, for you i think it might be just slightly a little bit warmer than uh, on the mountain your it to be a little bit colder up here so
0: definitely we live in a valley Bo Hashem, Bo Hashem. Mm-hmm. the Thank blessed God. land is is a blessing in it's, any way
1: it's the holy land no matter where you live uh, so anyway you know we've been talking different controversial topics over the the past few weeks and and it seems like this is a, a natural sort of segue into the po- topic that we wanted to talk about this tonight or for us tonight for afternoon, for a lot of the people that follow us. And I know it's probably a question that you get as much as I've gotten over the years and all the time that I did did radio work and and, and you and I worked together on that when, when you would come on and, and do radio. And because we have a similar following with a lot of both Jews and non-Jews and certainly people that come from different faith systems, one of the most interesting questions and one of the most often asked questions. And even while we were streaming last week, the question came up in comments. Somebody started making comments about what we were talking about. And that's the question of, why do Jews not believe in Jesus? So why? First of all, it's a
0: great question. <laughs> it's a great question. I, I must uh, admit, that um, no matter how deep I'm gonna de- dig into the dungeons of uh, of my knowledge and wisdom, I won't be able to bring even 3% of your knowledge, uh, my dear Ira Michelson, <laughs> with your rich and um, and wealthy um life experience like that, uh, the Torah is testifying and saying en chacham kebal a person gains the main wisdom of his life from his life experience and therefore I will as well enjoy your wisdom and um, of course we'll be happy to share with my understandings on that but also tonight we'll enjoy your wisdom and your great and um, great understandings about that topic.
1: So, you know, one of the things that I want to say is I always do, you know, as we start off here is that, you know, if you would like to see us continue this, we could always use your support. And so you're going to see uh, in the comment sections on Rav Drawers page, uh, a link for uh, the donate, amuna.com slash donate. And also you'll see that uh, Rav Jor's new book is available, Return to Your Root, which I really recommend people to consider. Um, in talking about like all these links and we're live streaming and, and it, this will be on YouTube as well. So I, I want to say that I I found recently that I did a video on this topic um, is one of the things that I'll that I'll start off with. So I have a YouTube video up on my Kabbalah Project YouTube page that's uh, called Mashiach Ben Yosef, talking about Messiah, son of, uh, of Joseph. And one of the things that we often see in this idea um, that Christians come up with um, related to Jesus is the idea of this concept of a second coming. We know that the Torah or the Tanakh has, gives us sort of a, a whole list of qualifications of the Mashiach. What the Mashiach will do, uh, the lineage of the Mashiach, etc. And And oftentimes we as Jews will say, well, uh, Jesus didn't fulfill those roles. Uh, he, he didn't qualify as the Mashiach based on what the Torah teaches. And so people will say, well, he, he's gonna fulfill that in the second coming. And so what they say is, well, Jews believe in two messiahs. They believe in the suffering messiah, Mashiach ben Yosef, and they believe in the the conquering messiah, the messiah who will be king, Mashiach ben David. So here's a very interesting thing. I I really did a deep dive on this and, and brought up all the sources. So I really recommend that if somebody really wants to know the information about that and what the Jewish sources say, they can find my video about that. But here's, here's the interesting thing, and some of the things that I want to talk about tonight and bring up tonight. What people fail to realize is that when you say Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben Yosef comes through Yosef. And who was Yosef from what tribe? Ephraim. Mashiach ben David has to come from Yehuda, from Judah. Two completely different tribes, and we know that. The mashiach comes through um, the lineage of the father through david Melech, through shlomo Melech, through king solomon and king david so you have two different messiahs that judaism teaches about but they're two completely different individuals from two completely different tribes so you can't have one individual certainly jesus can be both from the tribe of ephraim and the tribe of Yehuda. So, um, maybe, maybe the you...
0: name, maybe the name, the title that they gave to their book, Second Testament, mm-hmm. is um, is a, is representing a certain mindset of the writers and composers of that book, that they can always give another opinion that they can always give another option. If you dive deep into all the aspects of, the, of Christianity, you see that they have so many contradictions. You see that they themselves don't really know the date of his birth. They don't know really the date of his death. They don't really know what happened with him. Things that really written in our history books, in the books that we are holding, with great testaments and with great tales on his past, we really do know who were his parents. We really do know what he went through and go through in his life. Who were his teachers? Who were his rabbis? What situations he had in his life, and what kind of wisdom he rejected, and where that path. Took him. Now the problem is that Christianity Christianity was even though that it's kind of not comfortable to talk about that topic, and I will want to expand on that. But Christianity mainly was written by people that never saw Jesus, that never met him, that never knew him, just heard stories and tales on tales and the majority of them are not fundamental cannot be proven in any way to be solid, solid and right and on that if i may i have some small thing that i want to say and to open my heart to our christian friends and to say first of all I understand that people that grew up in certain culture and heard wonderful, relaxing bedtime stories about that man and heard great praises about him and were taught that he is great and that he was amazing and that he was the best and so good and so pure and so humble. It's a natural thing that they will grow following that faith and believing in that. Not all people investigating and checking the contradictions and seeing the the faults and, and recognizing the severe mistakes, not all people Have the mind and the desire to investigate and to check so much. Many people are just continuing with the culture, with the religion, with the church, with their mindset, with what they've been taught in their community and their families. And I can understand it. I can relate to that. I can believe that in a simple way, people just follow the belief system that they were taught. The problem is that even though that those people might be innocent, it does not make the story right. It does not change the facts. So we can judge the people favorably and to understand that they are innocent and they're not planning to do anything wrong. But it still does not make an unkosher animal kosher. It does not make a false messiah to be the real, true messiah.
1: So, so that's very interesting that you bring up the idea of um, you know, the animal, of uh, whether an animal is kosher or not. Because one of the other interesting things that come up um, when we look at the Torah is the idea of the sacrificial system and what is considered a kosher sacrifice and what is not considered a kosher sacrifice. Uh, what ends up happening is that the Torah is very specific and I don't and I don't think that people really do research this to, to understand that there is no sacrifice for intentional sin in the Torah. The only sacrifices that could be brought were inadvertent sins when somebody did something unintentionally. When there's an intentional sin, the only thing that was available to somebody was chuva, was repentance. So it's the idea that even, let's say, when the Beit HaMakdash, when the Holy Temple was standing and the whole sacrificial system was still in place, you couldn't just say, well, you know what? I'm just going to go out and do that. I'm going to go out and, and do that sin. And all I have to do is, uh, is uh, you know, I'll go to the temple and I'll change some money and I'll buy a sacrifice and I'll go stand online and I'll offer the sacrifice and everything will be okay. That's not how it worked. If your heart was not changed, if you the whole idea in Hebrew, when we talk about the idea of a korban, korban is relates to the idea of karov to come close to Hashem. It's the idea of drawing close to Hashem. It's not so much about the sacrifice, but to return us into a relationship with Hashem. The other thing is to the the animal, I always like to bring up these interesting things and it's not about the idea of trying to destroy somebody's faith, but when you have a faith system like Christianity, like in other words, Judaism, in Judaism, we're not trying to make Jews. We're not trying to convert people to Judaism. We're very happy being Jewish people. And if there are people that want to come and they want to draw close to Hashem, Rav Jor is available to them. I'm available to them. I I help people how to connect. You want to be a Ben Noach, you want to convert. I'm, I'm happy to do that. But it's when you have a faith system that says the only way for there to be redemption is for everybody to believe like we do, then we have a problem and and this is one of the main issues with christianity is when you talk about this idea of a second coming like this idea of them waiting for their messiah their their second testament if you will like you 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 called it basically says that the only way for that to happen is for all the jews to believe in him so, so there's this idea of forcing that. So we go back to the animals for a second. So not only do we have this idea of the, that you can't have a sacrifice for intentional sin, but then they want to compare his sacrifice to the Passover sacrifice, to the Passover lamb. Here's the interesting thing about that that I don't think a lot of people think about. The Passover lamb that was sacrificed in Mitzrayim When Hashem said to sacrifice that animal and put the blood on the doorpost and the lintels of the house. Who did that blood cover? That blood covered the firstborn in the house. It wasn't a sin sacrifice. First of all, it wasn't even a sin sacrifice. And secondly, it was only protecting the firstborn in the house when Hashem went over and passed over those homes. So it didn't protect anybody else but the firstborn. So to to automatically say that, oh, he's the Passover sacrifice, just makes no sense from that perspective.
0: That's one, okay, (laughs) move to the next. No, because really it's, it's built with patches on patches in different generations, different stories, and one erased and changed the first, the premier. And everyone came and, and, and designed the new religion to fit the listeners, the new crowds, for them to perceive it, for them to follow it, for them to surrender to it. And that's how halakha, the rules were changed and many verses and many like many. The, the great majority of commandments that the people of Israel were commanded in the Bible were all vanished. They were all gone, like in Christianity. By their claim, Jesus came that, claimed that he was not here to change anything, and he's just adding. And in the end, 999 of the book is gone, of the commandments, of the mitzvot, of the obligations. And especially the faith in Chachamim, in the sages, in the holy righteous teachers, is gone now. You can claim and you can say whatever you want, but we have a clear commandment not to drop our sages, not to drop our Chachamim, the righteous ones, and to keep on following them and to keep on listening to them until the true Mashiach will come. So suddenly comes a person and contradicts the whole book or other people who claims to speak for his name are contradicting the whole book with new prophecies by people who are not qualified for prophecy and canceling all the Torah of kashrut and eating kosher food and keeping Shabbat and being observant and taking those people who are following into a new path that is in 100% disconnected and not based on the Torah and especially the oral Torah. So you're asking why does Jewish people do not believe in Christianity? I'm I'm asking myself, why in the world for anyone to believe? If not, that he was forced to, and he was, and he had to, and he was terrorized and and forced into it. And the third generation that uh, cannot remember that he was forced to Christianity, he will uh, claim to believe in Jesus, okay? Mm -hmm. It's like that you see today um, Afro-American black people in in the United States or or in Europe, and they're Christians and they have faith in Jesus or that you see people from uh, South America, that they believe in Jesus. Guys like stop for one second and try to remind yourself of how did Jesus came to your life? How did the New Testament came to your life? How did Christianity came to your life? It came to your life as a replacement for the knife to your heart. It was, or that your houses will be burnt, or that you will accept Christianity on yourselves, or, second option, your houses are already in fire, and now, or that you're going to be a greater bloodshed than the one that began, or that you're going to accept on yourself Christianity, or that you will be killed and slaughtered and raped, as your siblings and your parents and your children, or that you will accept Jesus on yourself. That's how Christianity found its way, spread around in the beginning of of its journey in the Crusades. Crusades uh, were not holy. The the churches and the monasteries in Israel that are being called the holy um, places are not holy places, are not holy places. Those are the centers where massacres took took place where children and women were slaughtered and burnt alive and crucified in masses in millions in thousands in hundreds of thousands like with no end and now like after a while after two generations after three generations after five generations where people are already christian from fear now they start telling the stories in a different way and they start following the wonders and the miracles and the stories everything is okay what what can we say my only sorrow is not that people have like i don't care in 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 what other people will believe i don't like you said just now we're not here to convert people to judaism like we are 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 very busy doing our job and not here to convert and to bring people into Judaism. That's not our mission in life. The only sorrow that I have, that I feel, is that people are not investigating, and that people are not checking. If you're gonna make your search, you're gonna come up with answers. You're gonna come up with answers. If you're gonna try to to investigate and to check and to learn, you're gonna find yourself learning contradicting things and have to compromise them to be one, as if it's normal to say one thing and then to break it and then to say another thing and to break it again. And you're not gonna to come to no logic answer. You won't find no timeline, no simple logic explanation on how the message came and why that thing contradicts the other and how can it be that he said that he will not change anything and then until now nothing stayed as it was before? And on and on and on. It's like and to follow people that were so cruel, that were in charge on great bloodsheds, on, on, on horrible killings, and to claim that they were the holy ones, that they were the messengers of truth. That's a pity. You don't want to have share with those guys in the world to come. You don't want to be included with them in the world to come. You really rather not to stand on the same side of the scale with those people who, who created the crusades and 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 all the Inquisition, Spanish Inquisition, torturing and burning people alive and tormenting and raping and forcing people and kidnapping people to dungeons and doing such horrible things in the name of Jesus. like
1: such- right, so, those, so those people will tell you, those people will tell you that that's not, that's not really, they, they weren't really Christians. They, were, they weren't really teaching the, the truth. They weren't uh, teaching, the love of uh, the, the love of Jesus. So here's here's the interesting thing about that. And you talk about research. So first of all, most Christians will not deny. Of course, they call it the Old Testament. We call it the Tanakh. But their book, they have two books. They have the Old Testament and they have their New Testament. But the Old Testament starts out first. Um, and and really, if you investigate there's nothing new in the new testament i'll say that again there's nothing new in the new testament if you look at the words of jesus and there are some people that don't like the idea that i say this but if you look at a lot of the things that are supposedly said by him because we don't know because um you know the first four books of their new testament which they call the gospels um, were written by three or four different individuals one of them says at the beginning of the book it says this i'm going to paraphrase but if you're a christian you can look at it and and my paraphrase will be pretty close um he says well some of my other friends wrote about him so now i'm going to tell you what i think and so you have somebody who basically says well they told their story and now that i'm going to tell my story So when I say there's nothing new in the New Testament, a lot of the words that we see that are attributed to Jesus are things that already appear, concepts that already appear in a Tanakh, concepts that already appeared in the oral Torah, you know, in our our Talmud. Um, And really, if you think about the changes that took place, it wasn't in those supposed words of Jesus, but it was the writings of Paul. Now, here's the interesting thing about Paul. If you investigate it and you look at those writings, when we look at the books of the Tanakh, when we look at the books of the Old Testament, we're talking about the prophets. These were people that it says in, in the beginning of those books that Hashem came and spoke to Yeshaya, to, to Isaiah, or Hashem came and spoke to Daniel, or Hashem came and spoke to Yirmiahu, to Jeremiah. That's how those books start. When you read the writings of Paul, these are letters. This is my letter to the, the Corinthians. This is my letter to the Galatians. This is Paul writing letters to different groups of Christians at the time, early Christian congregations or groups that would meet in homes. These are letters that he wrote to them. How do you, on a scale of balance, if you have a balance scale, weigh Hashem saying, I came to my prophet Isaiah, and this is what I told him to say to the nation of Israel, and weigh that against somebody that says, This is my letter to those 15 people that are meeting in a house in Galatia? I mean, it's just that in itself is nonsensical when you think about it. And yet, Almost all of what is taught, 90% of what's taught, is coming from those letters, from um, really what would be called the Pauline gospel, as opposed to the the actual words that are attributed to Jesus.
0: I heard once a very interesting um, assumption, I can say, about Paul. Uh, are, Are you are you able to shade some light on that? Like I heard <laughs> that there was like some undercover um, mission that he was in. Um, yes,
1: yes there, is was. A, there is a story like that, yes.
0: So can can you maybe expand on that? A little I, bit? I don't know,
1: I mean, I've heard the same thing. I, I've never like gone into it and really investigated, but, but you know, that it was really a made up sort of thing that he invented it. Um,
0: So I heard, so like the the Christian idea is that he was like a Jesus follower. He was like really into it. But I heard a different version that he was like a real observant Jew and that he was seeing the damage that Christianity is causing to Judaism and Mm -hmm. that he saw that some Jewish people were dropping their religion and following the new modern religion. So he decided to save the, the, the tribes of Israel, to save the, the kingship of Judah, of and to create a main big distance between Judaism mainstream to the new religion. So he made many, many big teachings that will divide Christianity from Judaism. And he was the one that set so many regulations and rules that will prove and show that Christianity is not the next level of Judaism, is not the old Judaism, just a new and foreign and different religion than Judaism. And by doing that, he just made a great dividing and separation between the two religions for Christianity not to deny and not to destroy the holy Torah that were given by Moshe to, yes. to the people of I, Israel. I
1: have heard that, yeah. And it's interesting because when you think about some of our sages, so so in the Mishnah Torah in Hilchot Melechim, in the you know, the laws of the kings, the Rambam you know talks about the end of days and talks about mashiach and and how mashiach not, not necessarily uh, you know he he actually tells us not to really spend so much time on trying to figure out you know uh, you know the coming of mashiach and how mashiach will come and he basically tells us how we'll know and and certainly who who will not be mashiach but at the end of that he then goes in and talks about how that in the end of days, in the, the Hevle Mashiach, in the in the, the birth pangs of Mashiach, that we will start to see that Christianity and Islam will both come to the realization that what they believe is wrong and they'll recognize that the Torah is true. And, and this will really be the sign of the geulah. This will really be the sign of redemption that we see. I wanna say f- for me, uh, because you talked about opening up your heart to this. I, at the end of the day, um, I believe that everybody has to have their own journey. And, and, and I don't so much have a problem anymore <laughs> with the idea that if this is what you want to believe and this is how, what you want to follow, then fine. If this is what brings peace to your heart um, and 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 you find peace in your home with that and with your family, then Baruch Hashem, thank God. But keep it to yourself. If that's what you want, fine, keep it to yourself. But this idea that you find the need to suddenly decide that everybody that you see um, has to be converted. And, and I'll I'll close with this. I had a friend that came um, and stayed with me for a few days from Australia. And she's not Jewish, but very connected to Hashem, really desires to be connected to Hashem and the Jewish people. And she was with a group on a tour. And and, and there was a couple, a husband and wife. The husband is a former Christian that doesn't believe in Christianity anymore. But the wife still is a very committed christian and one of the tour one of the guys on the tour who i know is a is a bible teacher but he's also a guy who left christianity and now i, I don't know if he considers himself a noahide or whatever and and because this woman was having a hard time walking as they were in a, a region in a mountainous region i don't know if they were by masada or something like that so he was helping her walk and everything else and he, and he was just getting really, really tired, you know, um, helping her. And and she just kept trying to convert him the whole time that he was helping her, like holding her and walking with her. She just wouldn't stop. And the next day they were sitting and they were having lunch and and she just wouldn't stop. And so he got up and he walked away and he went to cool off and then he came back and uh And he sat down again, but he didn't sit near her. And and she said to him, what? what, You're not going to sit near me anymore. And and he just he like he like blew up at her and he just said, look, you know, I spent the whole day yesterday with you, like trying to help you and, you know, holding on to you so you didn't fall. And, you know, it, it was, you know, just tiring and you just would not stop. You just kept going and going and going. And she said, well she goes that's the perfect time to preach the gospel of jesus when somebody's down and out and tired and exhausted and everything else that's the time to do it this is this is the the this is the issue the issue is is that if you believe so strongly in something it shouldn't be something that you have to present to somebody when they're at their worst when they're you know, when they're low, when they're at the end of their rope. Um, At the end of the day, Jesus himself used to always point, if you you really investigate, at the end of the day, Jesus never told anybody to look at him. Jesus always said, my father in heaven, my father in heaven, my father in heaven, I pray to my father in heaven. Everything comes from my father in heaven. So if you really want to be like Jesus... You should do what he does. You should pray to your father in heaven.
0: I, uh, I said a similar thing about a different topic with all the huge argument and fight and even war that goes on in Israel about um, the Holy Land of Israel that the Palestinians claim to for the land and they said, OK, if you want to go and fight and have a war, so why to go and, and kill little children and stab old people from the back or to like beat elder women with, with, with a beam of wood in the middle of the night, like being such cowards, not really facing the one that you define as, as enemy. I think that honesty is the key. If you really want to learn, if you really want to argue, if you really want to to fight and to go to war, so go and do it. If you really believe in your religion, if you really believe in Christianity, if you really want to share, don't look for the weak ones, don't look for the ones who does not have a choice, don't force your religion on other people. The problem is that If they will offer it to the most successful ones, they will not accept it. And if the Palestinians, so-called Palestinians, will try to fight with our great nation, they will just find themselves in the gutters with no hope and no success and no hope for themselves. Therefore, they choose to pick the weak ones of our herd and to try to take advantage of the weak and the poor. That is actually the work of Amalek. It's not supposed to be the work of Jesus or Muhammad. It's supposed to be the job of Amalek. So my great recommendation and advice is for people really to try to, to ask your soul if you really believe in that New Testament, if you're really sure that it's true, I think that the doubts will rise and pop by themselves and the questions that you have will easily find answers to drop the the past and to rise to a new dawn of clarity, of solid understanding of your true mission on earth and to come to the great place of true understanding of your being, of your soul and your mission on earth. And not to count on the words of people, who themselves try to convince themselves of that truth that they made up and told stories to their followers and friends. May Hashem brighten our eyes and 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 bring wisdom to our hearts. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you uh, for being with me, um, as always. I'm, I'm really enjoying our uh, our discussions, and I almost feel like you set us up for next week, talk, maybe talking about the whole issue of the what I call the pseudo-Stynians or fake um because I won't, <laughs> I won't use that, uh, um, that name for them. Um, Why not
0: say the truth? Why not to deal with, today I saw a video in, in, in short, I'll just say like, I saw a mm-hmm. video that is just like describing the history of, of Yerushalayim, of the holy city of Yerushalayim, how it was always, always the capital of Judah, how it was always, but always the capital of, of the tribe of Judah, of the Yehudim, and like always throughout all the kingships, all the armies, all the states that tried to conquer Israel, one after the other, Yehudah, was always living in Yerushalayim, Yehudim always lived in Yerushalayim, and then coming those, Palestinians and telling you, Jerusalem is the eternal capital of Palestine. Like, what? It's so easy to lie. It's like so. Does where it- is your
1: language? Where is your culture? Where is your where is your anything? Where is your history? You were Jordanians it's not, it's before not- 1967. You were Jordanians, and Bezat Hashem, you'll be Jordanians again soon.
0: Amen, amen. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right.
0: Thank you so much. Thank 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 you. you. Hashem bless you with much happiness and all our listeners around the world with great pure heart to be able to perceive the truth, to enjoy the journey and to rise and shine in the light of Hashem. Amen.
1: Amen. Be well, everyone.
0: Emuna Project is a non-profit organization. To support this work, please make a purchase from our online store or donate through emuna.com. Thank you. My new book, Return to Your Root, is now on Amazon and emuna.com.